Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Father, we're so grateful tonight for the greatness of your plan and that we are part of that plan. We're so grateful to call you Father tonight and so grateful to be called your children tonight. And we're so appreciative to know that that plan was born in you for us and we give you thanks. We're so grateful that we belong to you and we're so grateful that you belong to us. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Turn around and give somebody around you a great big God bless you. Then you can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have been so blessed in these meetings. And uh, all that Pastor Debbie, Debbie, Pastor Debbie, thank you for coming. Thank you for ministering. And of course, Sister Lindsay Roberts, what a blessing and precious, precious woman. Yes, amen. Amen. They had to go back home because Brother Richard leaves in the morning for overseas. And we're just so grateful that they they came this direction for us. Amen. Uh, God said to me just a couple of weeks ago, he said, it's time for miracles. And as I said on Tuesday night, it's always been time for miracles. He's not stating something that he hasn't always been endeavoring to work. But he states it so that we will know what he's looking for us to give ourselves to. So that we can become skillful in this. And so that we can cooperate with him during this time of what he's wanting to emphasize for us. So, uh, he, uh, I think it was Sister Linda Turner said this to the Bible school students, help me in the wording or something to the effect, God puts something in or says something to you, then watches to see what you're going to do with what he said. Oh, yeah. That's good. Is that correct? Three. Exodus 3. Yeah, where Moses, he turned aside. I, Sister, I was getting ready to read that passage <laughs> even. Hey, we will. I'm glad to know. And, uh, but, but listen to the wording that she gave. God says something, then say, waits to see what are we going to do about it. And so much of the Christian world is waiting for what God says and then what God's going to do. And God does what we do. Now, the religious world twists over a statement like that. But the truth of the matter is, is God goes where faith puts him. Amen. Amen. Yes. And when uh, we operate in faith in a certain arena, God always manifests Amen. himself in the face of faith. Amen. Amen. Exodus 3 that she's referring to in verse 1. 
It says this, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father in his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. So notice this, he's a spiritual man. And uh, his father-in-law Jethro is, and it says, And Moses led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God. And in verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. In verse 3, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. Verse 3 is so important. Moses said, I will now turn aside. Look at the next word, and see. Notice this, that Moses had to make a step away from daily life. What was daily life? He was tending to the sheep. He was there for the reason of tending to the sheep. But a movement of God yeah. caught his attention and he yeah. said, you, never, you don't hear any, anything else about the sheep in this passage. Yeah. Right. Why? Because he turned aside from what was natural. That's what we've done in these three days. We've come aside from what is natural to see what has God got to say to us. What is he showing? What is he saying? And it says in verse 4, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God is waiting for people who are interested enough to know what he has to show. And when he said, it's time for miracles, now he's waiting for who will turn aside to that. And that's why we started on Tuesday night talking about what we did about the flow of miracles, about the power of God. And how to cooperate with the power of God. And we were talking about gaining skill with the power of God. I love something that Brother Richard Roberts said the first time he came to our, came to the church. And he quoted his dad and said that Brother Oral Roberts said, Every day miracles are coming to you or going past you. Every day. So what determines whether they stop with you or go past you? Whether or not you turn aside to see? If you are going to set aside, if we're going to set aside the ordinary and the unimportant so that we can see what he's wanting to do. And uh, how do we get that miracle power to stop with us and not bypass us as blind Bartimaeus did? Jesus on that road, blind Bartimaeus was just on on the side of the road and he heard that Jesus was passing that way. Notice he couldn't see it. He could just hear report. And what did he do? He started calling. And he was so loud that he, of course, uh, the people around him were aggravated at his volume. But a blind man can't see how much volume he needs. So because he cannot see the Jesus' proximity, he wants to make sure he's heard. He didn't know if Jesus was three feet away, 20 feet away. He didn't know, so he gave all. And it so irritated those around him. And I've said this before. Of course, they told him to be quiet, but don't let people who aren't calling tell you to quit calling. 
if they would have been calling themselves, they wouldn't have even heard him. The only reason they heard him and were irritated because they weren't calling. And when they weren't doing it, they didn't like others that were doing it because they thought it unnecessary. But the one with the need knows only God can do this for me. And Jesus was not headed to, he was not on, in route just to go to blind Bartimaeus. Uh, blind Bartimaeus's faith arrested Jesus, stopped him. What's that mean? God goes where faith puts him. If blind Bartimaeus would have been silent, Jesus would have kept walking by because it was blind Bartimaeus's faith that put him there to stop on his progress, on his journey just for him. So what's that mean? If miracle power is always moving and flowing, what, what's going what's to cause it to stop with us? What we're, what we're calling for. What we're saying. And it's not just a moment of calling. It's a lifestyle. Amen. Every day miracles belong to us. And sometimes people think because it's not spectacular, it's not a miracle. If it's supernatural, it's a miracle. Meaning this, if $10 came to you that you didn't earn or work for, that's a miracle. No, it might not look spect spectacular in quantity, but if it was something beyond your ability to produce, it's a miracle. And we need to recognize the miracles that are available and really coming every single day, but because they don't look so spectacular, some people don't have regard for them. And what you don't have regard for in its small form, God will not, he won't waste, waste it on ingratitude. Amen. And so we see here that uh, when Moses turned aside, then God said, the voice didn't tell the bush. The voice didn't come out of the bush and tell him to turn aside. He initiated whether God continued to speak to him or not. Meaning this, we hear as much as we have time to hear. As much as we give place to hearing. God's not silent. He's always speaking. And uh, then we have in... Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, where it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I like this next phrase, to show himself. He's wanting to show himself. Amen. Amen. The devil's always showing himself in the earth. But God is looking to show himself, and what's the next word, strong. strong. Yeah. In the behalf of them whose heart is perfect yeah. toward him. And so notice this, <clears throat> God has not already, if I could say this, determined, well, I'm going to show myself strong for this one, I'm going to show myself strong for that one, because he, if, if he already chose who he's going to show himself strong for, then why are his eyes looking? Why? Because he's not the one that determines where he shows himself strong. 
He's there to, he is here present by the power of the Holy Ghost to show himself strong. Where will that happen? Where someone's believing, where someone is calling. When he says it's time for miracles, where are those going to happen? With those who are turning aside to see, those who are calling, those who are making time to be with the one and so he can show himself strong. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to be left out of that. I don't want to be left out of that. I was reading, uh, some of you may have read the, the book, um, My Time in Heaven by Richard Sigmund. And in that, he, uh, <clears throat> he gave an account that there were angels that would come into the services that he, God allowed him to see in an operation in the spirit realm that the angels would come into the service and, and they would be carrying body parts for people who needed new body parts. And then he would watch and the people, the angels would go and stand by the people that needed them. Why? He's there to show himself strong. Show himself strong in behalf. What is that? Why did the angels come with the body parts? They were already prepared to, if I could say this, deposit into the people's bodies. The parts they needed. Why? Because God's a faith God. He's always got the answer there. He's always got the answer there before people make the call. And he saw uh, in this in this experience, he saw that the angels came to the service with everything that the people in the service needed. But then he saw that the people wouldn't respond. And in not responding, the angels took what they had and went back to heaven with it. Why was he there? He was ready to show himself strong. He was looking. Who in the service? Who in the service? Who in the service is going to put a demand on what I'm here to show? Amen. And like Pastor Debbie said, this plays into our motive, our attitude, our interest in a service. It matters. It matters how we attend. I said it matters how we attend. Not just that we attend. You remember when in the passage when it talks about Jesus was in the synagogue and it said, and he set himself over across from the treasury. To see how the people cast money in. It didn't say, say to see what the people cast in. He said to see how. How they cast it. It matters how we come. It matters how we come. Hungry. Believing. Reaching. Not bored. Disinterested thinking of something else because I want you to know there is nothing else higher in your life today than what's going on here. Nothing. Nothing else of our day is equal to the word, to being among the believers. Nothing, nothing, nothing is equal to that. And I'm not talking it's a close second. There's a close second. There's not even a close second. Everything else is so far beneath what we're doing here. Other things are to be done, but they're nowhere near 
the, the, the importance of what is being here. And so when we come, we need to come with that mind. There is nothing outside this building more important than what's going on in this building. Because if I do the right thing in the building, it's going to affect everything in my life that's outside the building. If I don't handle what is going on here, it will rob my life of what God has for it. Amen. Then go with me, if you would, to Jude chapter 1, of course, only one chapter, but verse 3, because this is what the Spirit of God said to me several days before we started this conference of what he wanted basically something emphasized and so we want to do that Jude in verse 3 we'll read verses 3 and 4 when Jude said beloved when I gave all diligence to write to you write unto you of the common salvation the common salvation means the salvation that belongs both to the Jew and the Gentile, like it's common to both. Yeah. He said, I was going to write to you about your salvation. But he said, in doing this, there was something more urgent that the Spirit wanted said. And this is what I'm writing to you of what that urgency of the Spirit is. And it was more needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning this, the original faith of the gospel was being destroyed by false teachers. People were teaching falsely and it was injuring the faith of those who were hearing. The devil hates faith. Yes. The God kind of faith. He wants you to have the wrong version of faith. Have a faith, but just have the wrong version of it. Amen. And so we talked about that on Tuesday night. What version is that? Well, one of the ver- well, we know this. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have the God kind of faith. The faith that functions and operates like God. It's in, in you is the God kind of faith. Now use that faith. Don't use human faith. Don't use mental faith. That's not the kind of faith that, that's going to be the right version. And the devil tries to draw us in the mental arena so that we'll keep trying to believe God with our minds where there is no faith. Amen. Amen. And so we know, of course, in Luke 18, verse 8, the Amplified, that when Jesus made this statement, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? So what kind of faith is he looking for? The God kind of faith that won't quit. Amen. Amen. Then go with me, if you would, to John chapter 6. And there was more that we said about that, which you need to go back if you weren't able to be with us on Tuesday night. And you can, we, we said much along those lines. But tonight I want us to look at John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29 we'll read. The disciples were speaking unto Jesus and they asked him a question. Then said they unto him, 
What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now notice this, they, they asked him this question because they saw that the works of God, although they were the works of God, they involved man. And they were saying, what is our part? What must we do? And so religion is this, God, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. If he doesn't want to do it, he won't do it. That's so unscriptural. Because... When God wants to move among man, he involves man. When he's going to work a miracle for man, he involves man. He does not bypass man to get man the miracle. He involves man. And this is, where did the disciples get this understanding? They saw Jesus work. They saw him as a man working with the power of God that brought about the miracles. They didn't just say, well, you know, God's just going to do it. No, they said, what must we do? Because we saw you do. Speaking to Jesus, they said, we saw you do. What do we do to do what you did so that God can do what he does? Yes, amen. Because miracles involve man and God, not just God. God, well, let me say the next verse then. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, this is is the work of God that you believe. Yes. Yes. Listen to this. This is the work yeah. of God that you believe. Yes. Amen. When you believe, the work of God goes into manifestation. Amen. Amen. This is the work of God you believe. Now notice this. They're saying, what is our part to do? This, believe. This is your part. And notice he calls it a work. It's not play. It's work. It is work that when something is assaulting your soul and you say, don't care. It is a work. When you're sitting in a service and there's a corporate anointing and it's an easy thing to say, amen, I believe it, just that way. When you hear the word preached and you hear that all things are possible with God and you hear all the wonderful things that God will do, it is so easy while we're sitting in that corporate anointing to say, yes, that's right. But when you're off on your own and there's all kinds of pressure and all kinds of things to be felt, it's a work to keep believing what you believed in the service. Because so many change what they believe when they feel something different than what they want to feel. And as Pastor Debbie was referring on Wednesday morning to the passage that I preached on in the past when uh, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. They got in the boat because they believed that. They didn't, he didn't say, let's go part way. There's going to come a storm and then we get to bail, boys. He did not eat. Do you know when Jesus started thinking about the other side and referring to it, he did not even mention the opposition? Didn't he mention it? Had no regard for the opposition. And then they got in the boat with him because they believe they're going to the other side. Jesus falls asleep. The storm comes. He refuses to come out of rest to deal with the storm because he's still at rest, 
even though things around him are not at rest. What's that mean? We are authorized to be at rest when everything around us is in turmoil. We're authorized. And he was our example of it. And that's when you know you're in faith. When you don't get up and run. As, remember how Ed used to say? Like a siren goes off over here and you were and you try to you try to deal with sister bucket mouth over here and then you know somebody else screaming over there and you just run back and forth faith doesn't do that amen and so jesus is asleep peter comes and wakes him up with an accusation carest thou not my gosh i'm just sleeping brother i'm just sleeping it's all i'm doing and now i get accused I don't care. What's Peter saying? Because you're not troubled like us, you don't care. Ah! <laughs> People don't like it when you don't respond like them. But you're authorized to not respond like people who don't know. He says, don't you care? So now Jesus is getting blamed because he's not up in the rafters, right? Carest thou not? I mean, he didn't, Jesus didn't send the storm, but yet he's getting accused of not caring and people will say, you, you don't care about me because. <laughs> I care about you, that's why I don't act like you. <laughs> because I can't help you acting like you. Right? That's what Jesus, he acted completely different. Now notice what Peter said to him. Carest thou not, listen to the next phrase, that we perish? Notice this. He used to believe they were going to the other side. Who told him he was perishing? Who told him he was perishing? Who told him? He believed something different than what Jesus said. And now he's mad because Jesus didn't change what he said you know so peter used to believe they were getting to the other side he got wet and then no longer believes that he's getting to the other side now he says we're perishing okay drama okay drama right faith people have no room for drama no room no room you cannot give in to drama, feed drama, run to drama. It will weaken faith. Amen. Why? Because we determine the outcome. Circumstances can come, but the outcome of those circumstances rest with us. My mother used to say to us kids, you can start anything. You're big enough to let me finish. Meaning, if you want to talk back, go ahead. Start that. But I'm going to finish it. Disobey me? Go ahead. Start that. But I'm going to finish it. The devil can start something, but we, we say the finish. We say the finish. We say the finish. Amen. So, Peter said, carest thou not that we perish. What's the problem? He changed what he believed because he felt something. 
This is the work of faith. Don't change what you believe simply because you feel something, simply because you hear something, simply because something is bombarding your flesh, bombarding your mind. This is the work of faith. This is the work of believing, and it's a work to hold your mind. It's a work to hold your attention on the Word. But let me tell you when it's an easy work, when you get full. When you're full of the word, it, is, it anchors you. It anchors you. It's when we're less than full that this becomes a struggle. It's not, notice Jesus said this is, the, this is the work of God that you believe. He didn't say this is the hard work of God. It's not hard. It's not hard unless you're empty. Amen. Amen. So he said, this is the work of God that you believe. So they said, what must we do that we might work the works of God? They're talking about miracles. We want to see God do what only he can do. And Jesus said, when you do the work of believing, that's when God does his work of manifesting. Okay, so what does the work of believing involve? The best, one of the, one of the best scriptures, and different scriptures reveal it. One of the best scriptures that reveal the work of believing is Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. When God spoke to Joshua when he's getting ready to lead the second generation of Hebrews upon the death of Moses. Moses dealt with the first generation who never arrived. And so Joshua is now the leader of the second generation of Hebrews. And God is telling them how to turn a failing nation into a succeeding nation. And a nation that never arrived into one that occupies. What do you do? And in one verse, God gives him the prescription for arriving at the fullness of what's been provided. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Prescription number one. For arriving at the fullness of what God has provided. For experiencing the fullness. Well, what's the fullness? Everything good. Everything good. Healing, health, peace, prosperity, victory, deliverance. Everything good. Everything good. And he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. How do you experience everything good? The first thing he tells us, he said, you're going to have to deal with your mouth. The work of believing begins in your mouth. When he said, this is the work of God that you believe, the work of God, the work of believing begins with your mouth. It was their mouth that disqualified them from arriving. And it's their mouth that's going to qualify them to arrive. People will say this, Well, you're talking about works. You're exactly right. I am talking about works. Well, you know, Jesus paid for everything. God provided everything. We don't have a work to do. Oh, really? Jesus didn't know this because he said, this is the work. Amen. We do not have to work to earn what's been provided. But we do. Listen, you don't earn your salvation. But once you're saved, works is everything, baby. Works is everything. 
You don't just sit back and hope it's going to dump on you. It's not. You're go- we all have to do the work of believing to lay hold of what freely he provided. Amen. And so the first thing we have to do, this book of the law, shall not depart out of your mouth. Whether or not we arrive at healing is going to begin with our mouth. Whether or not we arrive at prosperity, it's going to begin with our mouth. That's the first place that we have to be examining what's going on in your mouth. Because that's what disqualified the first generation from arriving. They complained against God, complained against Moses, complained against Aaron, wanted to go back into Egypt time and time again. Why? They, never, they didn't change their mouth because they didn't change the way they thought. Amen. So he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. The work of believing begins with our mouth. And notice this, it's a lifestyle of what we're saying, not moments of having right words, a lifestyle of saying right. Meaning circumstances are not filling our mouths. The word is filling our mouth. Because circumstances are going to fluctuate, but the word never changes. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Well... Do you know that when you resist the devil, that's, that's the word in your mouth? When you answer the devil, that's the word in your mouth. Do you know that when you're confessing, that's the word? Don't think that the only way the word is in your mouth is through confessing scriptures. When you say devil, you take your hands off that. That's the word in your mouth. That when you're calling money, you come. That's the word in your mouth. When you're saying, Father, I worship you, that is the word in your mouth. Worshiping and praising is the word in your mouth. Too many times we just limit it to the thought of confessing the word is the word in our, is the word in our mouth. Amen. Amen. But it's anytime, anytime we're acting in line, speaking in line with the word, that is the word in our mouth. So this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Second prescription for the work of believing, but thou shalt meditate. Therein day and night. What's meditate? See, the word in your mouth deals with the tongue. But meditation is going to deal with your thought life. And it's going to deal with what Pastor Debbie was talking about, your attention. What is your attention on? It doesn't matter that the word is in your mouth when your thoughts are on the wrong thing. And I will say this. If we're around the word of faith camp enough, we can learn proper lingo. We can learn the lingo of faith. But our mind is just off doing whatever our mind used to do. But we've learned the lingo of what to say around fellow believers. Well, I'm believing this and I'm believing that because we've learned. Well, it's good. We should learn it. But the, the lingo needs to be backed up by the right thoughts or it is just lingo. And this is where meditation deals with because meditation is going to take the word you're speaking and drive it down into your spirit. Why must the word be driven into your spirit? Because faith's in your spirit. It's not in your mind. If you're just going to talk out of your mind, there's no faith there. That's why the word has to be lodged in our spirits. It has to be driven down into our spirits. And that only happens through meditation. 
How come people can speak the word? They sound right. Listen, I'm being in ministry as long as I have. I've been around and everyone at some level who's had some kind of history of being in the church. You can hear people that they say the right words, but their life looks completely different than what they're saying. And if you're not careful, you're going, I'm a head scratcher because I mean, they say all the right thing. Then there's something missing. It's called meditation. When somebody is saying the right thing, but nothing of their life looks like what they're saying, it's meditation that's missing. It's not alive in them. It's only in their mouth, but it's not alive in them. In the way they think, in the way they process things. Meditation helps you process everything through the word and not through your feelings. Amen. Meditation does for you what speaking won't do for you. Meditation is going to deal with your thought life. Now, remember what James said. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let him think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. Don't let that man think that. It's double-minded to say the right words, but when you're laying in bed, you're thinking something different to yourself. Double-minded. How do you, and listen, we've all had to deal with this. How do we deal with that temptation to think Something different than we know is true about the word. Meditation is what deals with it. Amen. Meditation, you speak the word to yourself. I mean, there was so many times, you know, you can look back and see meditation anchors you. It keeps you from drifting with everything that opposes you. Meditation... Uh, keeps you consistent and constant. And you, you know someone's faith life by their consistency of life. That when they see you at church, they know what version of you they're going to get. If you don't know what version of somebody you're going to get, they, it's a faith issue. They, they're not anchored in the word. Why are they not? They don't, they don't, the word is not their meditation. So I remember in one, in one of the business deals after Ed went home to be with the Lord and there was one business deal, especially that the devil was just uh, hovering around to try to poke and prod at that thing. He said to me, he said, uh, write a letter to them. And he said, I'm going to send an angel with that letter. I sent a letter and it's like that thing exploded in the negative direction. Because see, we think that when God says something, automatically everything just falls in place, baby. That's what we think. That's what we assume we know how it's going to play out. But when you do what God says, it can play out differently in the natural. Things can escalate. And... Uh, it, they, it just, they, they went after me tooth and toenail, you know. And I'm driving down the road and I'm holding to the steering wheel with all the assault coming against the mind. And I said, it's the truth and no lie. Well, God said, it's the truth and no lie. It's the truth and no lie. I don't care what they say. They're lying about it because I know what God said about it. They're the ones lying. What God said is the truth. They will change. 
they will change. This situation will change. This situation will change. You know, for the next six months, I had to hold to that. What is that? I'm meditating. I'm not just out there preaching and saying it. I'm meditating on that in my thought life while I'm driving down the road in my car. I am calling up what God says and I'm saying it in the face of every feeling, in the face of every poke, in every face of every prod. I'm drawing up what God says and I say, God says this. God says this. God says this. When Stephen and Morgan were endeavoring to get in the home that they're in now, and it looked like it wasn't going to work out. They were in the home, but it looked like that the, the, the people that were selling it wanted the home back because they hadn't closed the sale yet and they wanted the home back. And so they were trying to make them get out, you know. And so Steve was talking about getting, you know, starting to move out. And I said, why are you starting to move out? He said, because they, they're telling me I have to get out by a certain amount of time, certain date, and I don't have the financing yet. I got to get out. I said, wait a minute. What did God say? What did God say? He said, well, God said, that's our house. And I said, then we're done talking about packing. All we have to know to arrive at success is, what did God say? What did God say? This is what meditation is. It's knowing what God says and not moving off of it in your thought life, not moving off of it in what you play out in your imagination. And it is a work. To hold to that, not a hard work, but it's a joyous work. Because now you know what to do with your thought life when everybody else would have fallen apart. You know what to do. It's a joy to know what work you're supposed to be doing. You know, when we have a work day around here, we have a work day before a conference comes and this, this church congregation is so sweet they come because we tell them this is our house. Before company comes, we clean our house. And everybody come and clean. Everybody come and clean. It's not right to come and sit in the house and dirty it and not clean it. Everybody come clean. And so we say these things. And so when they come and there's a signed day, Dee Dee, who is our administrator, she has a complete work order. She has everything that needs to be lined out. And the people come and she, they, we say, find Dee Dee, she will assign you. Well, see, then they don't, they don't walk around going, I don't know what to do. I don't, well, and, you know, cleaning the same thing four times. No, there's none of that going on because there is an order to the work. There's an order to the work. And it's a joy to work when you go, oh, you go and you, you clean those trees over there. Okay, go do it. Why? Because you know exactly what's expected of you. This is the work of believing. We know what's expected of us. It's not like you got to guess what does God want? What does God want of you today? And I hope you guess right because if you don't, boom, the earth is going to open up and you're going down. <laughs> no, it's a joyous work because he makes it clear. What is the work? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you meditate in it day and night. You meditate. Many are meditating in their problems day and night. He says meditate in the word day and night. Listen, it's time for miracles and we can't get there by meditating in our obstacles. The, how do we get to miracles? How about us going, going down the road to church and meditating on arms growing out and legs growing out? And what about that meditation? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate. You're going to have to know what God say to you. What God say to you? And you better hold to it. Hold to it. That's all meditation is. What is God saying to you? Listen, the word is vast. 
There, the word is so broad that you don't have to go to the word and go, let me find something to meditate on. The Holy Spirit will, uh, will prompt you of what to emphasize. What he prompts, that's what you're to meditate on. Don't just pick something random and decide. The Holy Spirit will prescribe for you the verse that fits what your life needs. And if he prescribes one verse, don't you go find seven. The devil would love to give you seven verses. He knows the word. He would love to prompt you towards seven verses to get you away from the one the Spirit prescribed for you. What did God prompt in your heart? That's what to meditate on. That's, what, that's the one to get in your mouth. And have you ever noticed that when you're facing something that the Spirit will bring one verse to you one day and that thing is so alive it stands up on the inside of you. It's like it's yours. Ah. Everybody else get off my verse. That's my verse, you know. You get up the next day and that thing seems almost dead to you. And the Holy Spirit now is prompting you towards something else. Follow him because he is stocking the shelves of your spirit with everything you need. So when he says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Let it be spirit prescribed meditations. You say, how do I know what the, the spirit's pres prescribing for me? Well, if you keep the word in your mouth. You'll be sensitive to the Spirit. Amen. Amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So notice this, miracles begin in our mouth. Amen. Miracles. Amen. The work of believing begins with what are we saying. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't arrive. Now remember what Ed said by the Spirit. He said in this last day revival, all fivefold offices operating at full potential power. He said all nine manifestations of the Spirit operating at full potential power. We cannot operate at full potential power when we're not giving an all-out effort in doing the work of believing. It's going to cough, and this is why I believe God is, God said to me, it's time for miracles. What's he saying? It's time to make sure you're doing the work of yes. believing so that the work of God can yes. come to pass. Yes. Amen. 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 So, what's the work of God? Believing for uh, our part, our side of the work of God. There's his side, yeah. but our side is we believe and we begin with our mouth then we begin, we go on to meditations. And really, those are done simultaneously. That's how you keep the word in your mouth, your meditations. What are you meditating on? It keeps your mouth filled. And then the third thing he prescribes, so that you may observe to do. You may observe to do according to all that's written therein. In other words, do what he says. Just do what he says. You don't have to figure out the doing. Just do what he says. And the Spirit will lead you in your doing. Don't just randomly decide what faith act you're going to do to prove you have faith. Listen, you can act and act and act, and it's not acting that gives you faith. And so many act to try to get faith. They try to throw out their medicine because they think they can obligate God to healing them. Or they give a certain amount of money away because if I give that, then God has to. No, no, no. It's not from a place of obligation. It's from a place of being led. Yeah. 
Amen. And the Spirit will lead you to act in line with your measure of faith. <clears throat> well, how are you going to get more faith? The first thing, put the word in your mouth. <laughs> put the word in your mouth. Meditate on it. It will make that word come alive to you. It will, if I could say this, it, it, it turns you into an owner of that word. To where it's not just some, some random verse to you, but it's yours. I mean, you, you recognize your help and your, your answer in that. That you may observe to do, to do. I was telling our congregation, this is the illustration that God gave me regarding this. Because notice, notice the divine order in your mouth, in your meditations. Then the Spirit will direct you in what to do. He's not go the doing doesn't come until you got the word in your mouth because the doing will be fruitless until you're full of the word. When, it, when will the Spirit direct you? When your mouth is full and your meditations are full. Then you're ready to act. Then you're ready to act. This is why people say that faith stuff doesn't work. It doesn't work for empty people. You have to get the word in your mouth. Right. Then you have to meditate yes. on it. Then your actions hit the target. Yes. Spirit-led actions hit the target. This is the work of believing. And God gives you your personal life to practice on so that when we come together, we are already in the habit of saying the right thing, thinking the right thing, and acting in line with the right thing. Amen. Then we get corporate united results. A greater degree, greater manifestations. But this is the example that God gave to me. You can, those old time muskets. And there's a, there was a process. You didn't, they, they, those guys, you know, and you see it in old movies or whatever. They didn't just pick up that gun and go click, 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 click. Because there's nothing coming out, baby. Nothing coming out, just clicking. You know, and so what was the what was the pattern? They had to. The order was they had to pour gunpowder in, pour a bullet in, then put a paper wad in there. Right? That is called the word in your mouth, yeah. loading the gun. And then after that, it's not enough to load it. They took a rod and they would pack it down. Why? Accuracy. It doesn't matter that it's loaded and you're going to fire it. If you're if you're inaccurate in what it hits. It doesn't matter. You wasted, you wasted your load. So they pack it down. And then the third thing is what? Then they fire it. You don't fire it until it's loaded and packed. The word in your mouth is loading the gun. The rod is the meditation. You're packing it down into your spirit. Packing it into your thought life. Packing it into your attention. You pack it down and you pack it tight. Now, when the Spirit says, now, see, they're over there behind that tree. Boom. Why? You only get one shot after that. With that musket, it wasn't, it wasn't automatic rifle. It was one shot. What's that mean? You want to make sure that you're firing at the right time at the right thing. So the work of believing is what? Fill our mouth. Meditate, fill our thoughts, fill our attention, and then follow the Holy Ghost in how to act. This is the work of believing in Jesus. They said, what must we do that we do the works of God? This is the work of God. You put the word in your mouth. You put the word in your spirit, in your attention, and then you act according to what the Spirit leads you to do. Amen? Isn't that how the first miracle really ever happened? 
that Jesus worked yes. on the earth. What was it at the wedding? I just, I love the dynamic you see between uh, mother and son in this setting. Because Mary comes over and says, they've run out of wine. Jesus said, what's that got to do with me? You know what she answered him? Nothing. She didn't give him any more answer. He didn't care. She didn't care. She didn't care. I'm, I'm, I'm requesting of you something, you know. And he says, woman, it's not my time. She, didn't, she did not even respond to that. She turns to the servant and says, do what he tells you to do. Whatever he saith unto you, do it. What's that mean? I'm telling you to say something to them. That's exactly what she did. Whatever he says, now he's obligated. Mama obligated him. Whatever he says to you, do it. That's the work of believing. Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says. Whatever, he's, whatever he says. Not whatever you can figure out. Whatever he says. Not whatever you can calculate. Whatever he says. Do it. When he says give and you go, I don't have any money. He didn't tell you to calculate. He said give. Right? When he says buy that piece of property. I don't have the money for that. I didn't tell you to have the money. I told you to buy it. See, we add to what he says and disqualify and dismiss ourselves from it. The work of believing is just doing what he says. Amen? We're going to be, we're in that flow of miracles. We're in it. We're in it. We're in it. But it's not about us sitting back and waiting. It's about us turning aside and listening and seeing what needs to be done. Us becoming skillful with the word. Amen? Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you tonight. For your word, it's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Thank you for making our part clear. And it's such a joyous part. You've not given us the hard part. You've given us the easy part. You did the hard part. And it is a joy to believe your word. It is a joy to believe your word. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your voice to him tonight. Lift up your hands. Let's worship him. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Father, we say what you say. It's time for miracles. It's time. It's time. It's time for that greater flow. It's time for it. It's time for what these prophets have spoken of. It's time about this last day era. We're in it and we move with it. It's time. It's time for miracles. It's time for our skill toward miracles. It's time for our believing toward miracles. It's time for our moving, our actions that are led by the Spirit. It's time for it. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. I remember I was, in fact, Pastor Angela, I believe, was with me on this trip. We had gone to Dodge City, Kansas.
And um, I had done several meetings there and then uh, we did the last service there and then we were gonna leave the next morning and fly home. And that night when I went to bed, I had a dream and in that dream, I saw myself walk into a big warehouse. It looked like really something probably a little bit bigger than this room, but it had a concrete floor. There was nothing in it. And I walked in through the back and then there was one single chair in the middle of the room. And when I walked from the back, there was an older gentleman. He looked to be in his 70s and he was mostly bald. But I, I didn't recognize him. And I've studied, you know, people of old and pioneers of the past and stuff. And no one of that, I didn't, I didn't recognize him at all. But I knew he was a man who walked with God. That's all I knew in that dream. He walked with God. And uh, we walked together and came around and there was a chair sitting in the middle of the room and there was a man sitting in the chair and his back was to us. We walked up from the, toward, from the back direction of him. And I didn't see it until we got there, but we got around in front of him. And when we got there, I saw that the man's legs were cut off right below the knees, both legs. And then this older gentleman that was with us, he never said with me, he never said a thing to me. But he walked over there and he reached down, he squatted down and he picked up the man's, the, the, the part that, of the limb that was hanging below the knee and he pulled it out straight to be in line with the, the top of his leg. And then he spoke to it. And it, it wasn't even that, I, I didn't even really hear the, the, the words at all. I just knew he was speaking to it because God wasn't trying to emphasize the words. And then what the man did, he didn't just let his hands fall and let the legs fall, but he took those limbs and they were about this much below the knee. And he took them and he placed them like that, as though there were shoes under there. I mean, on purpose, he expected something to be there by the time those legs bent to meet. And when he did, I saw these, huh, it was the most graceful, elegant action I'd ever seen a feet grow on. I mean, just in a smooth, it wasn't a contortionist looking thing. You know, like these movies with, uh, I don't know, these people that change forms and stuff and they, you know, contort and it wasn't, it was none of that. It was none of that. It was absolute beauty, absolute grace, absolute flawlessness. Just beautiful. These legs grew out and then it came and the feet grew on. I mean, just in one smooth movement. It wasn't little by little, just one smooth movement. And then it stopped right at the balls of the feet, right before the toes. And then it paused maybe two seconds and then it continued and the toes grew on. And when I woke up, the word of the Lord came to me and said this, your husband has asked, had asked, because Ed had gone home to be with the Lord at this time. In the last several years of his life, he would go to different churches and he would ask, who in here has seen an arm grow on? Who in here has seen a leg grow on? He said, and I'm not talking, sometimes you can see an, a, an arm extend, but it was just maybe out of alignment. And you, well, that's a miracle. But he was talking about something that was maimed. 
something that was born missing, something that was maimed and wasn't there. How many had ever seen an arm grow on? How many had ever seen a leg? And nobody. In all the churches we ever went to, nobody. Of all the, the many congregations and the people, nobody. And God reminded me of that. And he said, nobody has seen it that, have, that, has, that you've been around. And he said, uh, Jesus said, I, can only, I, I only do what I see my father do. He said, you couldn't, you couldn't do it until you see it. That's why I'm showing it to you. No man could show it to you because you haven't been with anyone who could show you that operation. So I showed it to you. Why? Because that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Now remember what it said about Moses? He turned aside to see. God will show us things that no man can show us that maybe we haven't seen. But be open to let God show us things that we've never seen. Why? Because God wants to do things we've never seen. But we have to see it before he'll do it. Why? Because that's what Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. You don't have faith to move with something until you see it in your spirit. Remember, remember what Sister Lindsay was talking about, you have to see the finish so that you'll know where the start line is. That's exactly what she was talking about. And this is what Jesus said. Basically, he would see it in the spirit and then he would come out among the people and act out what he saw. Dad Hagen used to talk about how he'd be in prayer before service and it, the, screen, the service would run off in front of him like a screen and he'd just go out and act out what he saw. Well, I want you to know God has things to show all of us, not just preachers, all of us. Take time to see. Take time to see. Well, when are we going to take time to see? When we're doing Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The word in our mouth and meditating on the word and, and following the leading of the Spirit in how to act. It's not while we're doing the unimportant all the time. We can't give our... Listen, I know there's natural things that have to be done, but we're in such a critical time that we have to make sure our priorities are where they should be. Notice it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say seek ye only. But it has to be first and nothing else can be near that seat. Why? Because God won't share seats with the first. It's not a shared seat. Only God can occupy that. If we're going to live out the plan God has for us. Amen. We thank you, Father. Ah. <laughs> we thank you, Father. It's time to see. It's time to see. In the spirit realm. The spirit of seeing and knowing. So that the miracles can come in the manifestation because they must be seen before people will believe for God to work them. So it's time to see. It's time for, for us to step into the place of seeing and knowing. We thank you for it. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Another room of seeing. Hallelujah. You know, if you were invited to stay in someone's house and somebody asked you later, well, what did the dining room look like? Oh, I don't know. I didn't go in and see that room. You have to go into the room to see what that room holds. When it's time for miracles, we have to go into that room to see. And you go there in the spirit first, just like Sister Lindsay said. We have to see the finish of it. Because all these things are completed in the spirit realm. 
In God's realm, uh, people with missing limbs have them. In God's realm, right? Right, there's wholeness in that realm. We get in the spirit and we see it the way he sees it and we come back and oh, oh, it's, oh, it's so doable for God to do it, right? For us to believe that, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because I had the sense that God wanted me to lay hands on the ministers and I didn't know what about it. And he said about this room, this room of seeing. So I, I want to do that. Um, I don't know how many may be here. So let's do this. Uh, this section, if there's any full-time five-fold ministers, not people that, you know, are coming in and out, but I'm talking about that's how you make your living. Anybody in this section, these, this section right here, full-time five-fold. Yeah. Go ahead and move that in the aisles, guys. Hallelujah. 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 Then let's do this middle section. Full-time, five-fold. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Congregation, let's just lift up our voice, lift up our hands, worship the Lord. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Now, let me say something to the ministers, and this is, this is true for anybody. Uh, when the anointing comes on you, you have to respond. You have to receive that in. I'm just saying, it won't do any good to come up and have somebody to bless you and you just not know how to respond to that. Take that in and receive it. So I encourage you, do that. Amen? Hallelujah. Because that's when it can do a work for us. We thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for that spirit. We thank you for that room in the spirit to see. The room in the spirit to see. That room, that room, that room. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. What is that? Something, something about, huh? Uh, High-stepping, dancing, dancing, dancing. Ah, dancing in, dancing, dancing, rejoicing, rejoicing your way into that place. Rejoicing your way into that flow. That is, that's it. Rejoicing your way into that flow. There will be many times, many times you'll have to, because that flow doesn't look like it's, it's wanting to flow and you just 
dance your way into it, rejoice your way into it, and it, and it will, it will break. It, that thing that says, no, no, not here. You say, oh yeah, here, here, in this region, in my church. Yes, it will flow to that degree. Yes, it will, it will, it will. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Father. We must Oh my my. This is your era. This is your era. Oh my my. My my my. All the other such preparation and wonderful preparation. But ah, ah we thank you, Father, for the full flow of it. We thank you, Father, for the full flow of it. We thank you for the full flow of it. In Jesus, we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Father. 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 We thank you for the... Ah, ah. We thank you for that, that place, that place. Ah. Oh, that prophet's office. Ah, another degree, another, another dimension, Pastor Debbie, in that prophet's office. Ah. Pro- the anointing on prophets builds buildings. There is an anointing in that prophet's mantle to get things built. That, that building comes and that prophet's office facilitates that. We thank you, Father. We, th- we thank you, Father, for that room, that place ah, mm, of seeing. That room of, of seeing. Ah, for that, the region, that region, that region of the world, that region of the United States <laughs> impacted by that room. <laughs> ah, we, ah, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. It just seems like, Father, I'm just struggling. These are words I that seem. Uh, it just seems like I just I'm just un, un, unfulfilled in some things. I just what I know in my spirit. It's not. It's not playing out that way. Praying more in the spirit. Pray more in the spirit. Pray more in the spirit, and and then it'll it'll play out the way. It should. Hallelujah. And the way you have it in your heart. And not to say you don't pray in the Spirit. I'm just saying increase that. That's where, that's where the flow of what's in your heart will come into manifestation. We thank you. Uh, we thank you, Father. <laughs> we thank you for that mantle. That mantle. That mantle. It's time for that mantle. <laughs> we thank you for it, Father. <laughs> Oh, I thank you. Yes, I realize that. Yeah. I thank you for it, Father. Uh, I thank you for it, Father. I thank you. (laughs) Creative miracles. Creative miracles. A mantle for creative miracles. (laughs) God will create. God will create. Ah, we thank you. Ah, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for it. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Mastika. Ah, mm, 
Ah. <laughs> step in it, step in it, step in it, step into that office, step into that place, ah, and occupy. <laughs> it fits you, you belong there. <laughs> And the blessing of God is in that place. <laughs> we thank you, Father. <laughs> I don't, I don't, when God says something to me, I want to make sure I don't try to put my interpretation on it. So I won't, but reassigning, there's coming reassignment but until that time learn it all that this season holds learn it all <laughs> we thank you for it father we thank you <laughs> well well we thank you we thank you father we thank you father for more that experience in the spirit, giving that experience in the things of the spirit. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for that. We thank you for that. Not as it has been. No, don't just keep doing things like they have been done. Uh, but be open to what the spirit says, how he directs, the direction he gives, don't just say, well, this is the way we've always done it. Nope, 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 nope. Lay everything out on the table. Lay everything out and say, Father, if you redirect it this way, we'll go this way. If you want it defined this way, we'll do it that way. Don't be stuck in that it's got to be this way. In your own thinking, don't be stuck. Don't assume. Don't assume it's got to be this way. But let the Spirit define the way it's done. We ah, let the Spirit define it. Let the Spirit let the Spirit define that. He's the author of it. He's, God is the author of that. Let him author it fully. Don't, don't you get a glimpse and then you author part of it. Let him author that fully. We thank you for it, Father. Pastor Melina, praying there's just going to have to be a lot of things prayed out in the spirit a lot of things prayed out in the spirit pray them out in the spirit we thank you for it father uh where is your is your family up here oh they're over there good 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 they're over here yeah redirecting you in the in spiritual things huh Ah, been flowing one way, going one way. Ah, there's a, there's a turn coming. There's a turn coming. There's a turn coming. And the devil's been, if I could say this, trying to cloak that turn so that you miss it. But you won't miss it. You won't miss it. M take that turn. <laughs> It'll lead you into a greater place in the flow of the Spirit. Fully equipped, fully equipped. You are fully equipped for what he has, where he's directing. And so in that place, 
When it looks like things aren't working, say, oh no, I have full equipment for this place. I have full equipment and it flows. I thank you, Father, full, full, fully equipped. <laughs> when all the equipment is there, everything is just so much easier. When all the tools that a carpenter needs are available to him, then any job, it just, it just flows easily because he's not missing equipment that he needs. You're not missing the equipment needed for that place you're going. <laughs> oh yeah, it can increase and yes, it can grow, but I'm saying all the tools are in place. Now just become, just become more and more skillful with each one of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Everything in me, Father, for her. for that precious flow so precious in your sight that flows in through her <laughs> the fullness the fullness of that flow that you have for her so precious in your sight ah I thank you Father ah I thank you Father for the skill the skill the clarity yes. ah, defining it for her defining it for her we thank you father we thank you father we thank you father we thank you father <laughs> we thank you for pray it out sister pray it out pray it out I thank you father anointed anointed equipped to mm, to keep pace with the movement of the plan. We thank you, Father, for making, making them so skillful, <laughs> so skillful in their roles, helping them to be so skillful. It is God, the two of you, make it a practice to say, that, I believe it's Philippians 2.13, it is God who is working in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His good pleasure is the next phase of ministry. And he's going to work to, to, in you, not only to will, but to be able to do it. Say it every day. It's you, Father, who's working in me, both to will, my insides, and to do, to carry it out. We can carry it out. We're, we're carrying it out based on your doing. Amen. Amen. You're equipped for it. Ah. We thank you. Ah. Ah.
We thank you, Father. We thank you. Ah, we thank you, Father. This is what God said to me the other night. Healing anointing. Healing anointing. Healing anointing. Now, become more and more skillful with it. Study it. Study, after, study more after those who were used in it. Because it's conditional. It's conditional. It will flow to the degree of our skill. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. <laughs> we thank you, Father. So thankful, Father, we don't have to figure any of it out. We just have to pray it out, walk it out. Pray it out and walk it out. Ah, we thank you, Father. We thank you. Ah, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Pastor, God said to me, when Ed went home to be with the Lord, I looked and I, I asked him, I said, where, where, where's my supply? Where do you want me to hook up? And he said this to me. He said, you're going to have to hook up with Brother Copeland. Then this is the word I want you to hear. Because he walks in graces that you need to fulfill. And there's some graces God has for you that can't be just gotten anywhere. You have to be where God tells you to be to get them. That's the important thing. Be where God tells you to be to get them. So I, I, don't, I don't know quite how that means. Uh, pastor Lakedic, who is your pastor, is your man of God, precious man of God, has so much that comes, but there's some other, there's some other places. I'm, I'm not saying leave the company. I don't mean that. I'm saying there's others within that, within the company that have a grace for you and your life needs it. Make sure you're where you need to be to get those graces. <laughs> we thank you, Father. Ah, we thank you. We thank you, Father. <laughs> we thank you for the refreshing, for the length and the endurance of the race. <laughs> And what a joyous race it is. <laughs> we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Uh, 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 Regina and Rochelle, the Spirit of God said this to me. He said, uh, a double portion anointing on the two of you because the previous generations that were to do this job, what was on them? is on you and what's on you is on you double portion double portion hallelujah bring the hallelujah hallelujah we thank you father hallelujah you've got you've got the anointing of two generations yeah we thank you father thank you for the fullness of your plan the fullness of your plan the of your plan, the fullness of your plan. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Father, for the divine assist, mm, the divine abilities that flow. 
Ah, We thank you, Father. Ah, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Ah, We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Ah, what is that? Time and ground that was lost, God makes it up. God makes it up previous, previously, before, before even you were in charge, there was ground to be taken and that wasn't, but now it, 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 God will make that up. God will make that up. We thank you for it, Father. We, ah, my sticky, we thank you for those divine experiences, Father. Ah, Father, you know, <laughs> yes, skill is only one in the experiences. So we thank you for granting those experiences she needs for the skill. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the greatness of your plan. Ah, my sticky. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for this precious lady, huh? For the fullness of your plan. <laughs> Reaching people no one else could, but they're assigned <laughs> to be blessed by her, her life. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the fullness of your plan for her. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the fullness of the plan. Ah. Just pray it out. Just pray it out, Sister Barbara. Just pray it out. You don't have to figure anything out. Just pray it out. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet. Stand with me to your feet. Hallelujah. Ah. Father, we thank you for what we receive. I need, I need the guys, move that. That's not the right location to put that. Just take it off over somewhere so it's out of the way. Take it off over there so it's out of the way. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. Just lift up your hands, lift up your voices. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you. It's not a light thing for what we receive. It's not a light thing. Amen. God has something for every single one of you tonight. Of course, in all these services, we receive through the spoken word. Amen. But there's more. I said there's more. Catch hands with the person next to you. Keep the aisles open. And uh, I'm just going to grab this. Keep the aisles open. And the anointing's going to come on you, but you have to respond to it. You can't just stand there and defy it. Receive it in. Turn off your mind. Put your mind in neutral. Amen. Put your mind in neutral so that you receive with your heart. Yeah, let me do this. Brother Daniel, give me your hands. Father, I thank you. I thank you for that which you have for him. <laughs> that other place in the spirit. Another place in the spirit. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you. 
Ah, bringing him in. <laughs> bringing him in. Ah, we thank you for it, Father. Those divine experiences. Ah, Brother Daniel, you're going to have some experiences that are going to ah, reveal the plan, reveal the fullness of it. So that anointing is going to come on you in a tangible way. You say, for what? Whatever you need it for. Release your faith for whatever you need it to work in your life. It's not just so we can say we felt something. It's here to accomplish something. Thank God for what we feel. But it's not just about a feeling. It's here to do a work. And it's in manifestation in this service to do work. Amen. Pastor Ruby, you come, love. Pastor Angela, in fact, Pastor Ruby, you start over here. Pastor Angela, you just go down and bless them. Right, just grab the hand on the person on the end. down this way. Stop. 
Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Debbie, you've got something. Get that microphone. Is that microphone there? Just whatever you have. Come up and give it. I want to pray for anyone that has digestive issues. In camp meeting, Pastor Nancy laid hands on me, and she said there was a 30% increase in the healing anointing. And so she said, if the bolder that I would be, the word of the Lord to me was through her, the bolder that I would be, the, the more the increase would be. And so if that's you, very quickly, come up. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Angela, come up here. Um, God wants you to say something. I don't know. It's a prophecy, something. He has an utterance for you to give, something to say. So tonight marks a turning point. Tonight marks a time that you'll be able to go back to and say that was the day, that was the hour when things changed, when new things came to life 
in me. When new things became real to me, today's the day. This is the hour. Oh, a marked time. A marked time. Something to not forget. Something to not dismiss. Something to not take for granted. Something to not ignore. There will be times when you will think that was just me. But no, says the Spirit of God, that's not just you. That's the real you on the inside agreeing with what I have put in you. Agreeing with what I have already declared. Agreeing with what I have already mandated in your life. So no, tonight is a marked time and a marked hour. Be sure, be certain, and do not forget. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. Just lift up your hands and thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. I heard this in my spirit. The time of hesitating mm. and second guessing mm. because of the thoughts of the enemy is over. Mm. It's time to move boldly mm. 
in the plan of God and stop uh, allowing the hinder to hinder you. Know the plan and move boldly forward in it because this is the time for bold movement with the plan of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rochelle's dad, the more you walk, the more you can. I mean, just on purpose. Just, I'm doing it. I don't care what my body, I'm doing it. My body must obey the doing of my spirit. My spirit says do it. My spirit says do it. I'm just saying, take steps to do that. I know that you do, do more, do more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So you're authorized to say, I rise and walk. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's what I heard. That's what I heard in my spirit when I looked over there before she said that. I heard this: rise and walk. That's what I heard: rise and walk. You're authorized to do it. You don't wait for the devil to give you permission. You just rise and you do it. You rise and you do it. You rise and you do it. You rise and you do it. Praise the Lord. 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 I believe in the power of God. It's working. It's working in me. I'm working with it. I'm working with it. I'm responding to it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Just, yeah. Power meets movement. God told us, God told my husband, you've heard the story. When he walked into the 7-Eleven one morning and there was a housing magazine right in the entry and on the front of it was a, co on the cover was a house and God said, that's your house. Can I tell you what we had? We had debt. We didn't have a house. We were in debt up to our eyeballs. Our credit cards were maxed out. And I guarantee you, I didn't have over $100 in the bank account. And God said, that's your house. And we didn't sit and wait for it to come. Ed called the real estate guy that was in our church and says, I want to see that house. When do you want to see it? Today. 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 We went and saw it and Ed said, yeah, I walked in and said, yeah, I'll take it. He said, find the owner. It was owned by a woman outright. She lived in the LA area. It was an investment home for her. She was quite well off. They found out that her two sons ran her business for her. So they contacted the two sons. The two sons came and met with Ed and Ed said, this is my house. 
I said, I want to buy it. They said, okay. And Ed said, I don't have any money. And Ed said, what can you do to get me in that house? What can you do to get me in that house? They said, well, we can't do anything because it's owned by our mother. We can't, we can't offer you something. And so they said, let us go talk to our mom. And so they went back to L.A. and talked to their mom and said, Mom, there's a preacher in Marietta who wants that home. It had been built two years prior. No one had ever lived in it. It sat empty after it was built. And she said, what's the preacher's name? And he said, they said, well, his name is Ed Dufresne. She said, 15 years ago, I went to his church in Torrance, California. God healed me. Do whatever you got to do to get that man in that house. What am I trying to say? Power meets movement. If we would have sat and waited for money to show up. We lived in that house 11 years, sold it, made a million dollars on it. You understand? We made a million dollars when we had a hundred. It's not what you can calculate, what you can figure out. Power meets movement. What if we hadn't called the real estate guy waiting for the money to show up? What if we hadn't said, we want to talk to the owner? Because naturally the mind says, well, I don't have anything to offer the owner. But you don't know what God's doing on the backside. God worked 15 years prior with this house, no doubt, in mind. Amen. You don't know what God's working on the backside. Just because you can't see it on the front side doesn't mean the supply isn't complete on the backside. And I say that for you. Power meets movement. Power meets movement. We don't wait for everything to be in place before we move. We, we don't wait for anything to be in place before we move. Power meets movement. The more we move, the more power flows. Financially, physically, in everything that he says, the more we move on what he says, the more the power flows to fulfill what he says. What God says to us is never a money issue, never a money issue. It's always, always a faith issue. It's always an acting issue. And we don't act till we get full. Many times people try to act until they're full. How do you get full? Put the word in your mouth and meditate. Get full of what God says. And God will say something to you well before it's meant to be acted out. Why does he say things years in advance? Because he's giving you the opportunity to fill up with the word and meditate. So that when it's time, when you get full, then the spirit will say, act now. Move now. Now see, you say, we did this. Why? Because... Uh, the day he saw that we moved that day. Why? We were full. But just because God says something, he's giving you, that, that's your emphasis. Get full of what he just said. Amen. God might have put a business in your heart. God might have put a new home or something in your heart. Get full of that. Get full of that. Meditate on it. Talk about it. Put pictures of it in front. Do whatever you have to do. Talk about it at the dinner table. Talk about it in the car. Say, when that house that's ours, 
That house that's that, that house that we're we're getting ready to move into. Talk like talk as the, as you as though you are the present owner. Because in the spirit realm, there's sold signs on stuff. In the spirit realm. When God says it's yours, there's a sold sign on it in the spirit realm. Amen. There's one minister, and I, Pastor Ruby was telling me about it, and I, don't, I still don't know whether it was a ministry building or his personal home, but God told him there was a certain property that was his. A building was on it. And uh, seven different people bought it and couldn't do a thing with it. And he sat back and watched seven different people buy it and try to do something with it and couldn't. Why? Because it's already sold. In the spirit realm, there was a different... Just because you bought it in the natural doesn't mean the spirit assigned that to you. Doesn't matter who's living in your house. Doesn't matter who's got your building. You get full of what God said and it will come. Amen. But what does it come to? Those who have done the work of believing. Amen. Hallelujah. So that goes for you physically too. Amen. 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 Because I just, I just have this in my heart for you. Over time. Just keep filling up. And then you say, I rise and I walk. Every day, you say, I rise and I walk. I rise and I walk. I rise and I walk. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Let's thank Him for what we've received. I said, let's thank Him for what we've received tonight. Lift up your voice. Jesus, we worship You. We glorify You. We thank You for the greatness of Your plan. That you are working in us as a body. You are working in us individually, yes. But you are working in us as a body, both to will and to do, of your good pleasure. Of your pleasure for this era. You're working in us. And we respond to that working. We cooperate with that working. Hallelujah. You're working in us, both to will and to do, of your good pleasure. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 How many of you say you've received in these services something? Yeah. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. Amen. I'm changed. What about you? Changed. Every service, there should be some measure of change. Something changed. Why? Because we're changed from glory to glory. That's how we get into greater measures of glory as we change into it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm changed. And I love what, what the Spirit of God said through Pastor Angela. Don't just mark this, mark this, mark this. There are certain natural events that happen in the earth. You know, we can, when a certain thing happened in in political or the national scene or something and we can always oh I remember where I was when that happened this that's what it, he means by marking it amen that we can look back and say that night those services amen father we thank you we thank you we thank you 
Hallelujah. 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 Well, we want to thank all the pastors, the ministers that you came, different congregation members who came from your churches and joined you. Thank you so much. Our congregation, my staff, thank you. You're the best. Our ministry of helps, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how about we do this again in January? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you can turn before you're dismissed and say to somebody, I'm changed. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.